you've introduced the new math skill, you have provided your students with practice time, you have given them an exit ticket and reviewed the math skill, now what? You are listening to episode 34 of the Upper Elementary Simplified podcast, and today I'm going to be talking all about setting up and running small group math instruction. So let's go ahead and get started. Welcome to Upper Elementary Simplified, the podcast where busy and overwhelmed teachers find thoughtful ideas to get students engaged in meaningful learning experiences. Hi, I'm Dana Rodebush, former fifth grade classroom teacher and founder of Teacher Tech Studio. I'm here to share practical tips and strategies that will help you grow as an educator. If you are a tired upper elementary teacher searching for ways to cut down your planning time while boosting student engagement, you are in the right spot. Are you ready? Let's simplify. This nine part series of Upper Elementary Simplified is sponsored by the Ultimate Guide to Guided Math for Upper Elementary Teachers. This free guide includes 43 pages of practical and useful tips for you to learn about guided math, including how to implement this powerful instructional strategy in your upper elementary classroom. Download your copy of this free resource by heading to teachertechstudio.com forward slash guided math book. That link will be in the show notes. Day three is the beginning of the most influential component of guided math, small group instruction. It typically takes about two days for all students to work through the routines. The first step in learning how to teach guided math groups is understanding the purpose of the guided math lesson and the value it has for student mastery. The goal of small group math instruction is for students to interact with the new math skill while the teacher is available to redirect any misconceptions. The small group also offers students a safe environment to learn and develop new math skills. Teachers will have differing opinions on how small group instruction for math should take place. So as you listen to my tips, please keep in mind that you can adjust and modify each idea to fit your own teaching style and the needs of your students. This episode is based around three common questions about grouping students for small group instruction. Likely one of the topics that teachers will disagree about is how to group students for small group instruction. I'm going to tell you about the two ways that students can be grouped and the benefits and drawbacks of each, and then you can decide for yourself which method is better for your students. So the two ways that students can be grouped together for math instruction are homogenous grouping and heterogeneous grouping, and they each have their own benefits and drawbacks. Homogenous grouping is when students are grouped based upon their level of mastery or non-mastery of a skill. When students are grouped together based upon their level of achievement, they are less likely to feel intimidated and they can typically work at or near the same pace. However, in this type of grouping, if students are working without the teacher, like in math centers or stations, then they don't necessarily have a dependable leader. Heterogeneous grouping is when students are grouped with differing levels of mastery or non-mastery of a skill. 
when students are grouped with these differing levels of achievement, students who are on the higher end can become leaders, and students who are on the lower end can learn from the others. The drawback of this grouping situation, though, is that sometimes intimidation can set in and or higher level students can become bored at the pace of instruction. I have experimented with both methods of grouping, but I have to say that I feel that homogenous grouping is the most beneficial, which is grouping students based on their like abilities. An important thing to remember is that small math groups should be fluid, which means that they can change easily from week to week, depending on the skill your students are working on and the observations that you are noticing as you assess them. For example, during week A, you are introducing whole number multiplication and you assess your students with an exit ticket. You are able to determine that Jimmy, Danny, Maggie, Freddie, and Steve are all struggling to understand the reasoning for the placeholder zero. So you place them in a group together for guided math. Then during week B, you introduce whole number division, and after you assess your students, you find that Jimmy, Maggie, and Freddie are all struggling with the long division algorithm, while Danny and Steve have mastered that skill already. So these five students who were in the same group for multiplication are now going to be in different groups for division. The second question that is commonly asked about grouping students is, how many students should be in each group. And this really depends on your students, but I recommend no more than seven students per group. Ideally, a group size would be four or five students. This allows for the students to have enough peers that they feel comfortable and not alone, but not so many students that the shy ones get lost in chaos. And finally, the third question is, what should the teacher be doing during small group guided math instruction? My answer to this comes in the form of six responsibilities. Number one, guiding discussion and hands-on activity. Number two, observing and redirecting misconceptions. Number three, taking anecdotal notes, which are quick notes of observation that help to drive future instruction or even future intervention. Number four, allowing students to form conversations about math. Number five, informally assessing students for misunderstandings, needs for intervention, and skill mastery. And number six, making math fun. Your small group time should revolve around a guided math lesson. You will want to introduce or review related math vocabulary and then review the new skill with a couple of examples and then lead students into the lesson activity. The guided math lesson should involve some type of hands-on activity where students are engaged with practicing the math skill. You can choose to allow them to work together or independently, but it is important that you are available to guide them by answering questions, redirecting them when you see misconceptions, and simply observing and making notes. You will be assessing your students throughout the guided math small group lesson and activity, but you should also end the group time with a simple written assessment similar to an exit ticket. The feedback from students will give you a snapshot into their learning. 
that you can review later after the noise has quieted, and then you can make decisions about how to move forward with your instruction. This can be as simple as giving students a blank index card and a question. I love to offer teachers samples of my math curriculum, so if you would like to try a sample of a guided math lesson, check out the link in the show notes at UpperElementarySimplified.com forward slash episode 34, where you can find a link to the sample in the free Ultimate Guide to Guided Math, which is also linked in the show notes for this episode. That is all for this episode of Running Small Math Groups. Back in the summer, I did a series about how to run math workshop as a whole, and I went into more detail about ideas for what your students should be doing when they are not in a small group with you. If you want to check that series out, you can find links to all of those episodes in the show notes. That's episodes 12, 14, 16, and 18. So join me next Tuesday for the seventh part of the Guided Math series, where we will be discussing real-world application and assessment. Have a great week and see you next Tuesday. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Upper Elementary Simplified. I hope you are able to take away something useful that will help you grow as a teacher. I do have a quick favor to ask before you go. If you are enjoying the podcast, please let me know by leaving me a review. It really does make a difference because reviews impact search results, which helps me to expand my reach to other educators. Plus, I love to read my listeners' comments. Until next time, keep life simple.